Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Baltimore native Tony Harris hosts The Proof is Out There Friday nights on the History Channel. I spoke to Harris about growing up in Baltimore and rooting on the Orioles and the Colts before reaching the heights of CNN and Entertainment Tonight. Hey, Tony Harris. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on WTOP. Jason, I, uh, I'm back in the mid-Atlantic, so yes, it's always a good morning when I can come back close to home. <laughs> good to be with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, people around here will, will definitely um, recognize you from many, many years on, oh, yeah. on radio and TV. television and radio. Yes, yes. Everything. And we, well, we can go into maybe some some of your hometown <laughs> memories in, in a minute, but let's let's start with the reason we're here. So you're you're hosting an original series on the History Channel called The Proof is out there so uh what what how long has the show been going on like how far into the run are we so jason this is our second season right and i'm happy to say that we've got you know a nice chunk of the third season in the can so you know i i, I i'm just thankful that you know the audience uh, the history channel audience that loves this space we've been able to find another show that you know that that's got them interested and engaged and so season two is on the air right now um season three at least part of it is in the can and and i can't thank folks enough for finding us first of all you know it's it's really hard as you know in this business to find a concept a, a different concept a twist on a concept that'll actually engage folks and you know the folks over in history really know their audience they found another avenue into the space of anomalies and ufos and uaps and and uh, we've got a successful show. So I, I feel like in many ways I'm, I'm along for the ride and, and it's been a great ride so far. Yeah, you said it's, you got, it's, it's always tricky to find a, a, a yeah. new cool twist on a concept. So tell us, tell us the concept. Tell us the basic oh, premise yeah. of the proof is out there. So Jason, take me out of the equation. Let's just talk about that, that the concept of the show, because I think that's the brilliance of it. Um, we're a show that essentially is crowdsourced, right? <laughs> and yeah. in the life of our show, we've gone from not having much material because we we wanted folks to get engaged. We didn't know if they would engage. So we leaned heavily on Bigfoot and Sasquatch and, and the Loch Ness Monster to, to, to fuel the, the early episodes of the show. At the end of the show, there was this call to action for folks to keep those cameras rolling. Everyone's got a cell phone. We've got six, seven, eight billion people on the planet. Most have a cell phone. And we just encourage them to, to point their cell phones to the skies, to the seas, uh, anything they see on land. And, and if they find it interesting and curious, to, to send it in. So that that's one of the conceits of the show, right? The, the other is that we've got a, a panel of experts. Uh, we're talking about theoretical physicists, uh, audio and video forensic analysts who take a look at the material and, and, and come to decisions as to whether it's A, real, not 
faked, not a hoax, because there's a lot of that going on. And then they render a verdict. Um, and, and, you know, that's the other piece of the show that I think separates us from a lot of the other shows in the space is that we get material, we take a look at it, we turn it over to the experts, I get to ask my questions, the the team gets to ask its questions of producers, associate producers, executives get to ask questions of the experts. Hey, why do you see this that way, right? And then we render a verdict. Um, and, you know, in, in, in most cases, I like to think that our track record is really good, right? I don't know what the Vegas odds are on us, but, <laughs> but, but I think for the most part, our track record is really good. And, and when we don't know, the other piece of the show is that we claim it, we own it. Hey, we don't know what the hell this is, um, but we're going to keep looking at it. So I think those are the twists in the concept that that really resonate with folks. And whenever you can get folks in, engaged in some kind of debate over something, you know, you're not boring them. And, and our, our first job is, well, to do no harm. And the second is to engage people in debate. So I think we're checking most of the boxes. Yeah, I love the I, the crowdsource just concept. It's it's like it's like you know America's funniest home video, except we're not That's turning right. in our funny videos. We're turning in these videos where we're a little weirded out, creeped out, mysterious. Wait, what's going? What did I just see in the sky or whatever? Things, so, things under the bed, things that go bump in the night. You know, right. I, in the time that I've been doing the show, I will tell you that I'm taking a lot more late night, early morning walks. Looking through the skies, all right, just as a byproduct of doing the show. Have you, have in doing that, have you ever been tempted to send in your own footage? Have you seen? No, anything? not at this point. <laughs> I, I got to tell you because that's one of the things that's 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 kind of interesting about them deciding they, they wanted to work with a journalist on this show. You know, because I've I've got a you know pretty wide brim skeptical hat that I throw on. Right, we we have to as journalists, and so you know it's part of our training. It's 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 our curiosity, and then our curiosity leads us down the road of our training in journalism. And you know we're always asking the next question. Sometimes it gets us in trouble, but that's what we do. And and I told them straight up, look, I haven't had one of these experiences. I I understand. I mean, I, I come from a pretty big family, and you know th there have been times when we've had what we consider to be the weird uncle who was seeing things. And, you know, we were like, okay, uncle Charlie's having visions again. Let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's be kind to him. Let's get him back to the basement, out to the garage as easily and as quickly as possible without hurting his feelings too much. And we'll slide his meals under the door. Right. So, so that, that's been, that's been where we've lived in this space for a lot of years, right. Where people thought, that that folks who engaged in in these kind of conversations and recorded contact with with beings and entities that they couldn't you know that they couldn't describe really and we thought of them as as outliers and we marginalized them but we've come so far from those days to where we are now and and I'm looking forward to a day where maybe I have something that I can talk about as a personal experience on this show but to this point it hasn't happened and you know and even if it did i'd be so skeptical of it i probably would want to run it through the ringer like a hundred times before i said anything about it yeah exactly exactly <laughs> now do you do you in you know when you decide i'm sure you get all these videos and you know you you and your, your team the producers narrow it down decide mm -hmm. which ones you're going to put in you know in each episode um do you then interview the people that sent in yes. the footage and yes. okay okay it's all of that jason it, it is all of that so 
you know, what, what I like about our process is, okay, you've heard me talk about, you know, the concept and how the concept of the show is the real, the formatting of the show is the real magic of the show. You know, the other thing that we get to do with this, this is the history channel. So we get all of these clips in, you know, and we, 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 we sort them out, right. And we put them in piles and, you know, what we want, an ideal clip for us is something that someone has captured that has its own story, right? And for that story, we go to the source. We go to the person who recorded that video. So we go to the source, we get that story, and then we add storytelling layers on top of that. If the video has some some ties to events in history, right? So you can capture military pilots maybe capturing cigar-shaped orbs, right? Oh my goodness, the History Channel can live for days on that because there are so many videos back through history and so many stories of cigar-shaped orbs, right? So right. now we've added that extra layer of storytelling. There's the story from the person who captured the video. There was the historical significance of that and how it dates back so that we can timestamp it. And then we turn it over to the experts for their story of their interpretation of what this means. And then we come to a verdict. So that's an ideal process for us in terms of getting a clip that rises to the level that it ends up on the show. Wow, that's super, super cool. It's fun, like, right? It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really fun. working on this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you're saying, with the History Channel, um, you know, the, the ethos there, the credibility yeah. there, not to mention your own from your own journalism career, and you bring in all the experts, it, it adds another upon, layer yeah. of, uh, you know, layers seriousness. Upon, that's yeah. it. That's it. That's it, Jason. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, uh, I know our local listeners would love, you know, let's hit the hometown angle really, really quick. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were you were born in, in what, Baltimore? But Yeah, yeah, yeah. So grew up in Baltimore, um, uh, graduated, went to the Douglas Senior High School and Lamel Middle School and, you know, and a Baltimore City kid through and through. Uh, my first real experience with, with D.C. was when I broke into the business as a, a radio guy, right? So I was working for the old, uh, I guess it was the old OK 100 in DC, right? And 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 then that was bought out and bought again and bought again. But yeah, I started in radio in Baltimore for what was WLPL and WSID. I was 18, 19 years old. I was doing an oldies format where I didn't really understand and, and know the, the, the histories of the music that I was playing or the artists that I was playing at the time, right? But I'm faking it until I make it, right? <laughs> and then moved over to, to DC to do an, an urban, one of the early urban radio formats and 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 just you know look it's 40 minutes down the road so i was in dc all the time and then tell us how you went into to tv there i knew from my earliest days in baltimore watching some real heroes and you know uh sue simmons the great sue simmons who i think spent some time in dc and certainly in baltimore and and then she went on to new york and then oprah winfrey um had a stop in baltimore as well so there were amazing people in baltimore who i was able to watch and you know, there was a taxi cab driver who did a show uh, in Baltimore. And I said, wow, I, I can't do what Sue does. I can't do what Oprah is doing, but I, I think I can do what that guy is doing. And I, and that was the thing, that the inspiration to move into television. And I got really lucky. I, I moved to Cleveland uh, to continue the career. You know how we are in this business. We're nomads. I moved to Cleveland and and that's where I broke into to television, essentially on a television show, an old format called Evening Magazine. And um, I was just telling people what was happening in their wonderful city for the weekend and how they could get out and have a great time uh, over the weekend. And that's how it started for me. And, you know, the moves came quickly after that. Uh, I, I, I kind of kid myself just to sort of pat myself on the back when things get a little, you know, dicey in this crazy career that we're in that, you know, I, I, I have lived a kind of career that 
would make me a low first round draft choice, but definitely a first round draft choice. <laughs> there's, there's the radio, there's the television. There's been great jobs in television, obviously, with entertainment tonight. And, you know, I worked on a magazine show in Los Angeles during the magazine show, which was a wonderful time. Josh Mankiewicz was a colleague of mine. He's now sort of one of the stalwarts at, at Dateline NBC. Um, Not to mention uh, related Ben Mankiewicz too, right? At that's TV. right. The, the, the great Ben Mankiewicz, right? Right. <laughs> and then, yeah, obviously everyone knows, uh, if you know me at all, you probably know the run at CNN. It was a, is a terrific six-year run at CNN. Uh, which I which I loved and enjoyed. And then, you know, I've got kind of a signature true crime show out there that's available online on one of the platforms. I don't know which ones, but um, Scene of the Crime with Tony Harris. So I, I've just had a really wonderful, diverse career and couldn't be more happy to be working with the, the History Channel, the, the good folks at A&E and looking forward to doing more projects with them. Awesome. Yeah, it is quite a run. I would say, uh, you know, uh, a first round draft choice, maybe lower, but <laughs> you're definitely, you make the first round. <laughs> <laughs> first round. I love it. Well, hey, speaking of which, do you, uh, you, you just made a sports analogy. Uh, do, yeah. you, do you carry your Baltimore or DC ties? Was, was it Orioles baseball? Was it Washington? Oh, uh, thank you for that question. I love talking about that. I, I love talking about the sports and, and the teams of my life. So I, I was not much of, I was a, I was an Orioles kid. Let me make that perfectly clear. I was in, and if you're asking me my favorite Oriole of all time, it was the late great Paul Blair, the center fielder for the mm. Orioles. You're talking to an Orioles fan right here. So we're good. You know what I'm talking about. I was then, a Cal so. Ripken kid. So yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where we are in eras, right? I'm yep. a much older man than you. <laughs> no, no, no. I was let a, me tell you about Boog Pal. <laughs> let me tell you about Boog. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm Boog. I'm Brooks. I'm Frank. You know, I'm Palmer, Cuellar, McNally, right? I know Dobson. I'm always leaving out Dobson. I shouldn't do that. But no, or I was Weaver, absolutely... Yeah. Yes, yes. And I was a junior Oriole uh, as a kid. My mom turned me on the baseball. And 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 I, I can't watch the regular season, but I love postseason baseball. Uh, I was a, I was a Burt Jones fan, right? And those, Lydell Mitchell, those, those Colts teams I really loved. But I got to tell you, at the end of the day, I'm a Ravens and Raiders fan. Ah, how does how that do work you know? out? Not, not to tangent no. it too much, but okay. So Ravens make sense because the Colts yes. leave and you adopt the Ravens. But how, how, where, did, where did the Raiders come into it? Goes to the post. I love the rebellious spirit of, of those Raiders teams, the Alzado teams. I just love the color scheme. I just loved everything about the imaging and the packaging and the marketing and the and Al Davis, everything about the Raiders. I just, I don't know if it had something to do with me being an inner city kid and they were like, they felt like the inner city football team to me. They just felt, I, I just had an affinity for them. And it's it's been really, talk about the barren years of being a Raiders fan. <laughs> Yeah, well, so I, I feel on. you. I feel you because I grew up before there was the Ravens in between. So but I was, hey, I was, a, I was a Joe. Well, what, what I'm saying, I was a Joe Gibbs, you know, Washington fan. So you're Marcus Allen Raiders, you know, they, they oh, us in that oh. Super Bowl. So oh, and and you know, sorry for what happened to Bo, and and would have loved to have seen what his career turned into. Uh, yeah, rest I, in peace, yeah. John Madden. Man, there's been a lot of tie-ins here. A lot of tie-ins. A lot of tie-ins. So. You know, it was it's always been Raiders. It's been uh, I did some radio work for the Ravens for a while there when they made the move from Cleveland um, to Baltimore. And so 
you know, I've got a special affinity for those early teams in particular of the Ravens. Uh, I got to know a lot of those guys, Ogden and, and Ray. And so um, it'll always be, you know, I'll always be a Ravens fan. I, you know, I don't know when we air this, but they just had a, a, a big win over Tom Brady in the box. And let's hope they can continue the winning ways there. And for, for the, for the love of God, pay Lamar, pay him, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Right. Lamar Jackson. It's all Monopoly money anyway. Just pay the man. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. The proof is out there. It's on footage that you should pay. That's it. (laughs) The game tape is out there. That's my best attempt to bring it back around. Because <laughs> that was wonderful. Well done, man. You found the segue. That was difficult to do. Masterful <laughs> handled by you, Jason. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, just bringing it full full circle. Um, because yeah. I know you, you know, you mentioned you, you know, you've you've done some of the other shows like you know, Scene of the Crime, and I guess Hate in America, ID yeah. Limited Series, The Murder of George Floyd. That. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's way more serious than what we're talking yeah. about. But but this concept that ties, you know, the through line is we all we all have these cell phone cameras now. And, and you know, it can capture and bring to light uh, oh. things like George Floyd on one hand or yes. in this or in this uh, in the show you're doing here. It can, can help or us. The capture- Megalodon. Yeah, or the exactly, or the, yeah, exactly. Or the Megalodon. So just I guess uh, I'm trying to look tie it all together in like a big picture question yeah. here at the end of uh, how how this whole new age we live in. Um, it's a crowdsourcing age if, if for for solving crimes and otherwise. Well, I, I think you're right about that. I uh, he, here's what I will say to you. Uh, and it ties back to an earlier point. You know, this is this is not just material and an area of curiosity for for folks who we labeled, you know, as as outcasts and outliers and tried to marginalize. At the point at which, Jason, you have you have congressional hearings, public congressional hearings about sightings. You've got the Defense Department involved. You've got military pilots who are saying, I understand every bit of the tech around me in this billion dollar aircraft. The thing I'm seeing out here on the horizon the thing that's on my radar, the thing I'm capturing on video, I can't explain that. So explain that to me, smart people on the planet, right? So so at the point where we are now, this is all, and the people who are involved in the space and what people are capturing, I think we're getting closer and closer to a kind of drop the mic moment where we capture the imagery, we capture the video um, that ends up being indisputable. And, and that the smartest minds have to coalesce about finding out whether or not we are truly, you know, on the planet alone or if there are others out there, uh, whether it's whether it they look like us, resemble us. Maybe it's something on the micro organic level, right? A microorganism of some sort. Um uh, but but other life forms out there that we are unaware of and how we interact at first contact is going to be one of the defining moments and 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 questions and answers of our lifetime. And I'm just happy to be in a space with really smart people who are helping me, you know, through my light, lack of knowledge here and to be a surrogate, hopefully an effective surrogate for the audience as they watch The Proof is Out There. Great. Awesome. Yes. Thanks for that big picture, transcendent way to answer to, to bring us full circle. You're, you're the pro. There you go, brother. There you go. Um, <laughs> final, final seconds. Anything specific to this here, this season two that you want to tease? And again, I don't know if it's going to run this week or next week or whatever, yeah. but like, yeah, like in the, in the upcoming yeah. uh, few episodes, what sort of t- stuff do we tackle? 
All I can tell you is, is that from season one to season two, we've taken a quantum leap in terms of, of the content we've received from people. Thanks again, thanks again, thanks again for sending in all the videos and the clips. Uh, it's a quantum leap in terms of the, the, the volume of material we have, what we have to choose from, the complexity of what we're seeing, not just in, in, in the videos that need to be analyzed, but also in the hoaxes um, and, and the fakesters and fraudsters that are out there trying. Now we've got we've reached this place as a show where we've kind of been accepted by an audience um, where they're trying to fool us. The goal is to fool us on the show. So, you know, in, in this season, you will see more sophisticated fakes and even more compelling video than our first season. It's a bigger, badder, bolder show the second season uh, than in the first. And, and, and it's all because of the help we've received and the, and the assist we've received from our viewers. So thanks to the viewers again. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you. you joining us. Tony Harris, a local hometown hero. That's it. Radio and TV and, you know, everyone will know know you from around here. So everyone tune in uh, to the History Channel to see the proof is out there. I Friday that- nights, 10 p.m. Eastern time on the History Channel. Te- look, Jason, appreciate it. That was fun, brother. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. Explain your DNA on on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.